Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track, welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Welcome to Taz Racing Hour on SEN Track with Sam Highland. The dog is not in today. Uh, well, he will be in at, at some stage, but uh, I'm just going to run this solo, uh, Taz Racing Hour on SEN Track. So looking forward to that. We're going to catch up with Gary White today. Matt Reed's going to have a, some winners uh, for Devonport on Sunday. Brennan Ryan, who's been in hot form. Jamie Cockshut is always in hot form and we're going to have a chat to Mitch Ford later on in the show. And to round things out, we're going to chat to Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes. Uh, to Ladbroke it together with Mates Mode. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, looking forward to uh, this next hour all about Taz Racing. And we're going to have a chat to uh, Gary White. I'm pretty sure Gary White, uh, is, remember meeting him uh, back in the day, used to come over, when he came over here to Victoria, he would, uh, he was great mates with Tony Harrison, often uh, have the horses out there at Pearsdale, and uh, Gary is on the line, Hall of Fame, thoroughbred trainer Gary White, is that true Gary, you're great mates with Tony Harrison, aren't you? I certainly am Sam. Yeah, I thought so, I thought so, and uh, you bought a few handy ones across uh, in the past too, haven't you? Yeah, mate, we've been very lucky, Sam. We've had some good horses, and Tony was with me when we won the uh, Magic Millions in Queensland with Tempest Toss. So, yeah, we've um, obviously great mates a long time before then, but uh, and it's continued on with the family. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, with a, a great association. Fantastic. Now you had a double in Hobart last weekend. Uh, we share the gold and Herman's Bells. Uh, let's touch on Herman's Bells because. Where are we? Uh, just going through this horse's form, it's uh, he won his first start, and uh, and then put a, a list of placings together, and then made his way over to you, uh, and kicked off at Launceston. He just loves running second. This horse, doesn't he? Mate, I tell you, Sam, you know, you've ridden plenty of like him. But I said to a friend the other day that, you know, my foreman David Moore, who rides him in all his work, and you know, you get these guys that love horses that are a little bit different, and and he's different, and. Uh, you know, I was saying, you know, like he's so courageous in what he does and his work. And, and I was only talking to Darn Madden about it the other day, Anthony. I said that he can't judge it to an inch, mate. He can't, you know, they thought he was a bit of a non-try. And I said, well, he can't judge it to an inch, yeah. surely. And Dharma gave me a funny look, so I don't know what he... But, you know, he, but he's been such a... Like for a syndicate, Sam, you know, when you get older and you don't want to go play too much golf and those guys go to the races and get out of, you know, get out there and enjoy the day and... At least he gives them a, um, yeah, like a buzz, and, and that, they've been very, very loyal to him. That's fantastic. And he goes well for Taylor Johnson, who's who's been riding him, uh, what, at the last four runs? Yeah, look, uh, Taylor came to me a couple of years ago, and uh, I thought she just wanted to be a strapper, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, she lost a lot of weight and did what she did to be, and showed the dedication that she's shown. And, um, you know, it gives me a great thrill when she wins and, and does well, because... Um, you feel like you're a part of her journey, and um, she's got a, a very, very big future, young Tyler. She's got a great, uh, great head on her shoulders, Sam, and she's 
you know, very courageous and, um, you know, she, she listens and, and uh, you know, I've told her, I said, when trainers get out that mountain yard and they feel you head out with all these instructions, it's only a discussion. Sometimes you've got to use your own versatility and your own common sense. And, yeah, and she's, um, yeah, well ahead of her time at the moment, which is fantastic. Now, this horse, uh, Gary, 37 starts, two wins, nine seconds. And as you say, Taylor's uh, really effective riding this horse. Why do you reckon it is some of these horses that get a bit tricky like this? And then, obviously, uh, you know, you put the female rider on, just the softer touch, isn't it, that can be can be a bit more effective for those those tricky horses. Yeah, right, Sam. I had another horse, which I sent over to Tony's son, um, and... Uh, you know, I, I, I said that, um, you know, he'll be like little Mickey Harris. I said, well, he'll be a lovely horse for you guys to mess around with, a horse called Chips. Now, when I got him, um, I had uh, Dwayne Dunn ride him. I had Froggy Newitt uh, over the carnivals, you name it. I had him on him. And uh, then I chucked, um, oh, what's the name now? Um, oh, I can't come bloody brain dead, mental block. But uh, I chucked the girl on and um, she sat three deep on him three times in a row and he just and he won three in a row so you yeah. know it's um it just goes to show you that uh horses um just run for certain people and and you've been there and done it and um that what that particular horse did i said the uh riders who i had on uh on him prior and uh you know for him to come out and do um uh, what he did with uh with uh, that rider on but um yeah so you know it's and with taylor um this horse just runs for her and Two or three times she's been taken on, and last time uh, he came up back underneath her, which I didn't think he would, and uh, she gave a bit of a kick on the corner, and I don't know whether he was waiting for the other horse or not, but uh, he's had more gear changes than he's had start. So, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and what what do you do with him now? What, what, where do you go with him from, from here? Well, look, um, there's nothing coming up for the next couple of weeks. We're going to Devonport with a few meetings, and so he's had a few starts this time in, and He's uh, we're lucky because he's versatile. He can, uh, you know, he can run on synthetic. And obviously, the only thing he didn't like when we first got him over, Sam, he he ran a few, a few times on um, on the heavy tracks, and and uh, yeah, he, he just hated. They thought he would like it. He just hated them. And so, but it, uh, he he likes uh, the synthetic. He's been beaten again. Uh, he's in close placings up there. And um, so, but what I've done with him now, I've just given him uh, two weeks in the paddock, um, just a little fresh up and. Uh, you know, he's like, as you know, mate. Most most trainers survive on bread and butter horses. Yeah. And there's more of those in your stables than there are winxers. So, um, you know, it's um, yeah. So you know, he's just gone to have a couple of weeks out in the green grass to to fresh up. Supposed to get a couple of reasonable weeks over here. So, um, a beautiful day here today. So I'm sure he's going to enjoy a little bit of sun on his back whilst it's around. And share the gold got the money at Hobart. Now this is a horse that uh, he looks like he's got a few good future. Yeah, look, he's um again, Brett, the, the guy that owns is also one of my best friends in riding garden, and um, it's uh, yeah, he, his mother was a pretty hand, useful galloper, gathering gold, and um, Jason Membo rode him uh, the start beforehand, and and gave us some great uh, intel, and he said, look, Gary, he's either had enough or he just didn't handle the wet, and I said, well, we'll see how he goes through the wet out the week, and as you know, if he doesn't eat and gets a bit sour in his box, well, we'll just um, throw him out and. But I couldn't justify putting him out with how he was and how he's behaving in the stable. And and I said to um, Adam, I said, look, you know, he obviously came over on the plane with, with Jason. I said that you know, he would have heard what he said on the way back. So <laughs> I said, I can't see. You know, I just, Jason said, don't put the blinkers on him 
if you're going to run him over 1400 but if you're going to go back to 12 put him on him mm. so that was uh, a bit of, a great bit of advice and and like um uh, Anthony Dumbadden said that he was just um just coasting a bit yeah but he's a baby you know he's yeah. gonna he's not gonna know how to put him away yet and he was coasting and um yeah when he learns how to put him away I'm, I'm sure he'll make a nice horse and he'll have one more start which is in a fortnight's time and then you'll go uh, and have a well-earned spell. Now, Sunday, you head to Devonport. A uh, couple of runners. I'm Krupt. Uh, first up is, uh, what are you expecting here? Drawn a, a yeah, softish but, gate, so it should be coming on. Yeah, he should, mate. Look, Itosha should set the speed, and it goes pretty hard. And funny, you know, those two horses started off uh, their preps this time last year, both in the same race at Devonport. He has been trained at Devonport before, so he should be used to the synthetic. He's uh, he's my tiny liberatory. He's a real tough, hungry little horse. He's, you know, he's, uh, he challenges every morning when you walk into his box. And he's a, yeah, I love him. He's, uh, yeah, he's a real toughie, and he'll he'll he'll, he'll perform very well. Um, Sam, on to race four. You've got Black Eaglet. This is a horse that that can get back a bit in the run. Yeah, look, two starts ago in that apprentice's race, I think it was two. I think it was two starts ago. He um. He had uh, a few uh, caps that were driving him insane, which obviously we weren't aware of at the time. And threw his head up and down, up and down, up and down, and carried about five kilos more than any other horse in the race. And and still like he was going to win um, 100 to go. But he, then when I ran down, he uh, had, a, had a couple of lacerations in his mouth. So we gave him an easy couple of weeks. And then he ran at Mowbray, too short, uh, got stuck on the fence, didn't get a chance to wind up. So... Um, uh, again, he was trained previously at Devonport as well, so he's seen the synthetic. And I think uh, the race is going to be set up for him, Sam. He should uh, he should take a lot of beating. And what just on that, I mean, it's been some time now that Tapita Surface has been down at Devonport, but it's it's uh, you know it's it's got its place, hasn't it? it? Does a good job. Yeah, well, they do. I mean, look, it gives every horse an even surface, and once they get used to it. Um, you know, they just, and it gives us an alternative and yeah. there's no, there's a sort of no deterioration between race one and race eight and, you know, whereas, you know, on turf, there's always that fast lane appears and, um, so, you know, that's, that's the good thing about the torpedo that it gives you that, um, and I, I think Craig knew it was saying that he believes is the, you know, one of the best, um, synthetic tracks and, you know, that he's ridden on. So, and he's ridden on a few and it, yeah, as I said before, it gives every horse an equal footing and, um, you know, as long as you don't sort of, it, again, it's a kickback that some horses get um, you know, get a little bit upset about. But depending on the bit of rain or water they put on it, it can, you know, sort of prevent that. But uh, but it's been, yeah, it's sort of held us in good set over over the time when they were rebuilding, uh, reconstructing Elwick and, uh, and refurbishing Mowbray. Well, hopefully uh, it's a winning weekend for you. It's uh, Gary, great to catch up and... I'm going to keep watching Hermans. Uh, I like those quirky horses. Uh, it's funny. Let's hope he can put what... a few together now. Yeah, well, they asked me when he won. He said, what do you expect? And now I said, I'm going to have to wait another thousand days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good on you, Sam. Thanks so much. Good on you, Gary. There is Gary Cheers, White. Take care. A couple of nice runners at uh, Devonport on uh, Sunday. And the quirky Hermans Bells who got the money uh, last start after... So many placings. And one man who knows a bit about uh, Herman's Bells is Matt Reed, who is on the line. Matt, uh, tricky horse, old Herman, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, like like everyone, if I found him a, a hard horse to catch. As a rule, I was sort of happy to take him on. I actually found him on the weekend. 
Uh, Herman, unlike a lot of horses that probably don't win out of turn, Sam, Herman's one that, that puts himself on speed. He just sort of found ways to, to get beaten. A lot of times it'll be the other way. They settle back and, and rattle home. But Herman put in, puts himself on speed. And it was just reward because, as Gary sort of alluded to there, I don't think it was that he... It wasn't that uh, he wasn't putting in. It's just he, he found a variety of ways to get beaten. And uh, I actually think he can he can probably string a couple together now in these low-rating benchmark races. As I said, he puts himself on speed, and I don't think it'll be his last win. No, and I'm, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, Taylor really clicks with him, isn't it? Like, uh, I think um, uh, that that is, uh, and as Gary just alluded to, you know, like it's that, that soft touch, some of those horses that... You know, he's six years of age. They get a little bit, uh, they wise up a bit, don't they? And, uh, yeah, it'd be good to see him put a few together. So good that he's uh, he's racing well and he's in good form, the horse by Master of Design. Well, what have you got for us uh, Sunday, Matt? Um, yeah, uh, you've got one in race four? Yeah, eight races there in Devonport. We're um, we're into the winter stretch now. I think we've got six meetings in Devonport between now and the, the rest of the season and a few grass um, meetings sprinkled in between, which is great, I think, from a punting perspective, but also for trainers and connections. They have that little mixture between synthetic and, and probably striking uh, a few soft tracks. In, in previous seasons, for different reasons, we've had a lot of racing on the, the synthetic and, and not as much on the grass. But I think we've struck a good balance this year. Um, best for me, I've gone with Spirited Toft in race four, Sam. This horse went very hard in front last time for Erica Burnberg, who had a clear plan to try and, and cross to lead from a, a widish gate. The horse inside kicked up and made her work a little bit. And then I think the horse got a little bit keen, um, went out to a, a clear lead. Eric had tried to put the brakes on and, and then kick again off the corner. It was only grabbed in the, in the last few strides. Draws gate one here, which I don't always love for a, a speed horse because if, if you don't jump well, then all of a sudden you've been crossed and, and you're buried on the rail. But I like the last start of Spirited Toff. This isn't a race with a, a stack of speed. I think Fanciful Flying, who draws the other side of the track, and, and Spirited Toff are the two speed horses. Spirited Toff ran a, a quicker time than... Uh, Fanciful Flying did on the same day last time and has a relative weight swing in his favour. So I think if the horse hasn't gone backwards and, and jumps from the, the machines, uh, hopefully Spirited Toff leads and wins, which won't be what Gary wanted to hear because he's got uh, Black Eaglet in the race. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, just going through the, that race and looking at the speed, as you highlighted, the they're sort of the only two speed runners. One's drawn one, Spirited Toff, your pick. And then Fanciful Flying, well, you know, more than likely it's just going to take its time and come up and sit second and, and Spirited Toff should get it soft enough. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, again, Gary touched on it there in terms of the, the Devonport track. Um, I love punting at Devonport. It, it removes one sort of variable in terms of having to work out how the, the track's going to play and whether there's lanes and things like that. Devonport is a, a pretty tight circuit, though. It's always an advantage to be up on the speed, and unless uh, the leaders 
uh, overdo things, then it, it's generally tough to make ground from the back. So, again, we'll hope that Spirited Toff can land in the first couple and, and bowl along. And I reckon we'll get a prize too. I'd be surprised, actually, if Spirited Toff came up favourite in, in this field. I reckon we'll get somewhere around the, the $4 mark, and that would be good enough for me. And you like the Phoenix in race seven. I liked this horse uh, last start, and I thought he was only fair. Yeah, we, we, we've gone for a valley runner in probably one of the hardest races of the day. We've got a um, pretty promising horse and Julius resuming here for, for Barry Campbell in the Star Thoroughbred colours. Yeah, I've, I've gone for Finding Phoenix as the each-way value. I think on, on face value, Sammy, she was a little bit disappointing, but uh, the horse outside the leader um, shifted out badly when Daniel Ganderton was looking to make his run from back in the field. I think if the gap doesn't close, and eventually she did go to the line untested, she probably at least run third, uh, one, two in the run, uh, were the first two across the line there and a leader-dominated affair. Uh, when I mapped this race, I saw a stack of speed in it. I think uh, Tuzo, Rising Sang, Julius, Gigi's Cricket, Gigi's Roy Boy, these are all horses that can go forward, which should ensure a genuine gallop uh, and maybe set the race up for one from coming from behind. Finding Phoenix will probably be midfield or slightly worse. I know the visors go on and replace the blinkers, and I just think in a tough race, and she's a horse that does have plenty of ability, but also her share of issues. I'm making her a value play, and wouldn't surprise me if we get sort of seven, eight, even something around the ten dollar mark. Good on you, Matt. Uh, looking forward to filling our pockets at Devonport on Sunday. Catch you next week. Thanks, mate. Chat soon. There is Matt Reed. Let's go to a break now. When we come back on the other side, we'll have a chat to Brennan Ryan and get all the latest Tassie Greyhound news. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Welcome back to Taz Racing Talk, and it is now that time of the show where we get all the Tassie Greyhound news, and the man to do that for us is Brennan Ryan. Brennan, what's been going on over there? G'day, Sam. Oh, plenty going on, mate. Uh, you know, obviously the news at the moment is highlighting around the the future of where Devonport will be at the moment, but um, that being said, oh, there's plenty of good racing. Um, we've just come out of the Labbrake Sellingworth Classic Final, which was held on Monday night, and that was won in real good style by Narman Fencer in Box 1, and he gave Neville Allison his third winner in the race, and the dog just led all the way from start to finish, and um, he's got a small record, but he's going to build on that over time, and hopefully we'll see him in the either the country derby or the or the Tasmanian derby over the next couple of months. He's a yeah, very nice prospect. He'll head through the age-restricted races with no hesitation. And, Brennan, your dad, Pat, uh, trained the third dog across the line, just posh? Yeah, she's actually the little sister to uh, Nala Fenter. She's just having a break at the moment. Um, she's coming towards the end of her prep, so there's nothing for her around at the moment. So... Um, we'll probably, you know, either eye up the Tassie Oaks or something later in the year or see what's on the mainland. So, But she's done more than what we've asked for her. And, yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing how the year pans out for her because she's, um, she's gone beyond expectations in the last month. Now we've got a lawn session on uh, Monday night. You've got some best bets for us there? Yeah, I do. Um, I've got one straight up in the opening race. A dog by the name of Mono's Eclipse. He's drawn box two. Was a brilliant winner at um, at Hobart last night in a in his 
grade six over the 461, had box four, and he jumped beautifully and just did everything right and led him a merry dance. And I think on uh, Monday night, this will be uh, uh, no hesitation to him backing up in the trip. I'd just like to see him bring those box manners to it. And I think he'd be hard to beat race one, number two, Mono's Eclipse, uh, a little bit further down the card. Uh, we've got, um, there was a five, eight of the, mind you, eight of these races are over the 278 metres, so we're going to have to play a bit of caution into the wind. Um, I do like uh, race six, number five, Bonnie Danger for trainer Alan Clark. She's been a nice greyhound through her career. She's won five from 30, um, looking to bring up her second win on the track at Monceston, and um, she seems to handle most draws. She'll have to overcome the kennel mate, Playboy Danger. He's drawn the two, but if she shows what she can do with her early speed. She'll be hard to beat there. So race six, number five, Bonnie Danger. What about for Hobart on uh, Tuesday afternoon? Um, we've got the grade five final, which um, which is coming up there. It's a Tasbury bonus series race. Um, looking into this, um, there's not much in depth in regards to class, but I do like the the run of Silent Kiko um, for trainer Josh Wright. It's one five from 14. Um, not a bad greyhound. This will be its first start under the Devonport grade. So, um, look, I, I can't see much going else with it. Broken Arrows is a good runner, but um, Silent Kiko's doing pretty well. It's starting to shape its form up pretty good. So, hopefully, it can get the job done. Race two, number two. And then one more bet I've got there coming up. Um... I just had it there. We'll go race six here, and I'll stick with um, one of the one of the runners there from the Eileen Thomas Kennel, Lakeview Lily. Um, this will be her first start there on the Devonport grade. She's won four from 37, and not a bad little greyhound. And yeah, it'd be nice to see her get through with a win. And I think the inside draw will be a good chance there. So race six, number two, Lakeview Lily. Well done. Well, uh, that's beautiful. Well, we've got a bit to work with there Monday night and uh, Tuesday afternoon, and we look forward to uh, catching up next week, Brent. No, no problem, Sam. Have a good weekend and uh, have a good have a good uh, time on the punt. Let's hope it's a winning one. Thanks very much, Brennan. Try all new Ladbrokes Mates mode today. Gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. We're just about at uh, news time. We'll go to the news shortly, and uh, then we'll come back on the other side. We will chat to our harness racing guru, Jamie Cockshut. Uh, he's got someone to chat to. We're going to chat to Mitch Ford, who's a harness uh, a driver over in uh, Tassie there, and give us his uh, main lawn system chances. So let's head to the news. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Taz Racing Talk well underway now and Jamie Cockshut is on the line to give us some winners for tonight. Jamie, uh, there's a good meeting at, at Launceston uh, this afternoon or a bit, bit later on this afternoon. Yeah, no, that's right, Sammy. We've got Launceston and the A-Log. This afternoon, evening, and we got Hobart on Sunday, mate. But yeah, no, two um, handy race cards. Um, there's a few I like, and there's a few tough races, mate. So if we can find the ones I like and they win, we'll have a bit of a result at the end of the weekend. Can we get some money early here at uh, this Launceston meeting? 
Yeah, well, there's three I'm pretty keen on, so I'm going to push listeners out there to have a treble of three of them. There's not a lot of value. Um, the first one's race one, number six, Christian Major. Um, now only a field of four, so he's going to be odds on now, where he would have been 250 before the scratchings, but he'll get the job done, and he looks better than nine. Along with race eight, number one, Beast Mode. Uh, drawn the pole, should be able to do enough to hold the leader from there, should be winning on his recent form. And the other one I'm going to include is race four, number nine, Boston Busker. Um, he's been racing very well, this is a bit easier, and he's got a good trailing draw. So they're the three I like, and if we moldy them up, oh, maybe we get six or seven dollars, mate, you know, a bit more of the Ladbrokes odds boost if the punters bet with Ladbrokes, but they're the three I'm keen on tonight. There's a couple of value that I'm keen to play, but they're not as good as odds as what I thought they would be, Sammy. Um, race two, number 10, Atutaki, and race seven, number 10, the Black Assassin. Uh, let's just hope they drift out to, you know, $12, $14, which is their right price, and if they do, mate, they're worth a play at those sort of odds as well. Just in that first race, obviously, small field here, just the four runners. So does he lead and control that, Christian Major? No, he won't. He's, he's drawn off the second line. Like he won't, but he's, the four horses will suit him. He should. He should win. Yeah. He's better than them, and he's got to give him a twenty metre head start. But he usually pinks the tapes pretty well, and he should settle just behind the mate. He'll be too strong. So I'll be disappointed if you don't get the job done, Sammy. That's for sure. And then what about for Hobart? Yeah, Hobart's a, a tricky car, but there is there is a few I like. Race six, number two, Asante Sana. Um, done a demolition job on arrivals last time just lead, cop pressure and raced away one easy just has to run up to that run and, and should be winning let's hope we get $2 early and the other one I like is race 3 number 9 Max Moretta I reckon I'll put up 4 or $5 this horse had no luck and it's surely going to get some this week and if, if it does I reckon it can get the job done at you know, that, those sort of odds a couple of value I like race 7 number 5 Kenya um, gets a front line draw, will push forward and gets outside the speed. I reckon will give a big sight. And race nine, number nine, Brian Who, drawing two on the second line, just maps perfectly for him. He's a good sit sprinter, and he was very good last week. So just needs to run up to that effort, and I reckon he'll be winning as well. Probably four dollars will get. And a couple, couple at odds. Race seven, number eight, making me feel good. Will be fifty dollars, fifty to one. Wow. Draw inside the second line. Um, rises in class, but just draws to get a soft run. He was three wide of the breeze last week in 157. The start before that, pretty similar. So he's going to get no... Don't have to do any work. and The gap's just open up. I wouldn't be surprised to see this fella poke through and sneak a place at, at big odds. And I don't know if he can win, but I reckon he can run a place at 10 and $12 a place. And the other one comes up, race eight, number eight, Stevie Jolt. This is a tough race. He hasn't won for a while over here, but he continues to race well. Let's just hope the luck comes his way and he can give us a good side around the 15 to 20 to 1 mark as well, mate. Making me feel um, good. The value runner for Sunday. Yeah, I wouldn't be getting too carried away with him, but I just think he just draws to get the run that can be run a much improved race. And he'll be 50 to 1, or he should be 50 to 1, put it that way. Uh, we'll go a quality mate at Hobart. We'll go the first leg, we'll go numbers 4, 6, 8, 9 and 12. Second leg, number 2. That's a Sante Sana, one out. Third leg, we'll go numbers 2, 5, 8 and 13. 
Last heat will go numbers 2, 4, 8, 12, 13, 14 and 15. $35 will give us 25% of the dividend, mate. And I think we had a pretty similar quality last week and it actually got up for us. I think it paid a couple of green. Well done. So just follow into that. But um, and let's just hope we get a bit more value, a bit of value like we did last week, Sammy. Good work. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, try all new Ladbrokes mates mode today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Jamie, we're going to catch up with... Uh, Mitch Ford, I don't know, if, has Willem got him on the line? I think he's getting him on the line uh, just now. And, uh, yeah, have a chat to uh, Mitch about his chances at, uh, at Launceston and then uh, Hobart on, to, uh, on Sunday as he gets it up. Just on, on a side note, um, good to see them back racing at uh, Albion Park now. Jamie, like, uh, at, uh, yeah, I suppose it was over a month ago, six weeks ago now that that was underwater, but... Uh, they've done a huge job to, you know, because there was just so much mess uh, up there. But it's good. To, obviously, uh, it's the heart of uh, harness racing up there, isn't it? And it, good to see them using it again. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Welcome back to Taz Racing Talk. I don't know what happened there, Jamie, but are you there? Are you back? Back, mate. I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're going to have a chat to Mitch Ford here, harness driver over there in Tassie. He's got some some good chances uh, over the weekend. Yeah, you going there, Mitchy? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, Colin. Not too bad. No, you're a young fella going places in the sport and you got a few handy drives over the weekend. We'll touch on Launceston first. The first one you drive is you're driving AHA Reaction for um, Bignol. Racing very well. Um, Brother Nathan's been doing the driving on him so, and doing a good job. So I'm sure he's been in here telling you what, you know, how to drive him and that. And He's got to be a good chance in that race. Yeah, you'd have to think it'd be a good chance in this race. The horse has been going really well of late, actually, and he seems to suit Nathan. And I, I think myself, I drive similar style to Nathan. So uh, I've drove him before, and he's run a couple of good placings. And this race tonight, even though he won last start, it doesn't look like it's a rising class for him. And the draw's going to suit him. So, yeah, I reckon this is his race. And we'll, we'll touch on a couple of horses. Sunrise Master, uh, trained by Bianca. Um, been racing really well. Drawn seven. There's a bit of speed inside you with five and six, but you know you might be able to slide across early and and then push push to the breeze because that seems to where he races best up on speed. Yeah, that is. He's, he's a one pace horse. He's got to be up there and he's got to be running time. Uh, inside of us, it doesn't look like there's much gate speed. So yeah, we're just going to have to play it by ear when they let us go. But I, I don't see no reason why he can't notch up his hat trick. And then we'll go over to the last race. You're on Grizzly Montana. You got a bad draw. Um, you're going to need to to get the right trip into the race. But if he's close enough about doing too much work, he's got the um, the speed at the finish of the race to hit the line strongly. Yeah, that is that's exactly right. You know, last last week you went uh, 155, and he came from I think he was third or fourth last, and he was six wide on the corner, and he ended up finishing fourth or fifth. So. Um, this this mile, I don't reckon they're going to be going 55. And, you know, the way he went last start when they did go 55, I reckon um, this race here tonight looks like a suitable race for him. Uh, sure does, mate. Um, 
We'll touch on Hobart. You've got a couple of drives that orders that you know, I'll give a chance to. Red's good to go. Um, he's a good winner the other week at Launceston. Um, it's, it's a pretty even race, but you know, with the right sort of trip in the, the race like he did last week, he's going to be a chance again. Yeah, that's exactly right. Last week he actually surprised me. I didn't think he had a turn of foot like he did. Um, the week before, you know, he came from last and he was, he was running through the gaps. And I think he got confidence from that run. And last week, yeah, he was really good when he stormed down the outside and beat the favourite. And um, yeah, he's just got to get another card into it. And the race has got to be running a similar sort of style. And I, I think he's a top three chance. And then we go over to El John. You pick up the right drive on El John. This is a tough race, um, but. At his best, he's more than capable, and he did show a return to form last week when he ran second to um, Cool Hand Eastern. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is a really tough race, this one. It, it's sort of hard to map out, but, you know, the horse, he does have the ability to win this race, but I just don't think he he's going um, the way he can and the way he can to beat these. Yeah, so we'll touch on the five chances. I don't think you've missed any of them out, but you know, you've got good chances over the weekend. But out of the five of them, which one are you going to push the punters into? Last time we had John, you, you tipped us into one of, I think it was a bloody carriage mate um, going back three, four months ago. Yeah, that was it. Um, no, I think Sunrose Master is my best for the weekend. No, I really appreciate your time, mate. Now, Good luck just, over the week. Just a question from me, Jamie, or but probably for both of you. How does what are the quirks to the you know the differences in, in the in the two tracks, Launceston and then Home Park? Oh, Mitchy can go first. Oh, me and myself, most basically because I'm driving them each week. I find uh, Launceston a bit more of a Menangle style track like it takes forever for the straights and the corners to come up and when you're in the corner it takes forever to get out of it but the Hobart it's sort of you're rushing and you're more eager because there's a sprint lane there but I honestly don't see much difference it's just a just a different style of racing at each, each track which which, uh, you, which, one do you have, which one do you have the most luck at Jamie um, Launceston's a more spacious track like, like Mitchie said like it's hard to come back from in the field at Hobart because the dimensions for the 400, you know, both bottom corners. But Launceston, you can come from last and, and do it pretty easy. But they're both good tracks. Um, Hobart does have a more advantage if you're up the front of the field, that's for sure, as a punter. But um, uh, they're both good tracks, mate. We're lucky in Tasmania to have two good tracks as we do. Well, Mitch, uh, you've been in hot form and let's hope uh, you continue on the weekend. Thanks for joining us on uh, Taz Racing Hour. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. There is Mitch Ford. Jamie, uh, your best your best for the weekend. The best for the weekend is the double tonight. Race one, number six, Christian Mage, into race eight, number one, Beast Mode at Launceston. We'll get $4, hopefully, and then we'll have the treble into Boston Busker, race four, number nine, mate. That should get us a few dollars to have a play over the weekend. Let's load up. Look forward to catching up to you uh, next week. Good on you, Jamie. No worries, Sammy. Take care. There is Jamie Cockshot. We're going to go to a break now. When we come back on the other side, we'll have a chat to Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. It is Taz Racing Talk, and it is Ladbrokes time. Try all new Ladbrokes mates mode today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tommy Hackett 
the man that knows all about the odds for the weekend. The best odds we get. Tommy, I'm flying solo today. No dog. What is, uh, how's our markets looking for the weekend? Yeah, really a big weekend of racing right around the, the country, Sammy. Obviously, the Group 1 in South Australia, the Queensland Winter Racing Carnival gets underway proper at Eagle Farm. And as racing talk, there's a really interesting meeting at Devonport on Sunday. We're back on the God's carpet, and I think there's a bit of value to be found there. So I've had a look at it, pick the eyes out of this. Race for number one, Spirited Toff, I think, really well placed to return to winning form here. Only had the one win from 11 race starts, but has been a bit of a, a little bit unlucky through its racing career to date. I think this is a drop back in quality at Devonport. I think it'll go forward here from the inside barrier and be mighty hard to beat. That's race four, number one, Spirited Toff. We look a bit later in the day, looking at race six, number two, always a winner. Scored two wins on the trot now in impressive fashion. Took a while for it to sort of work out what this racing case was being all about, but its last two wins have been good. Uh, and I, I like the fact it's dropping back in trip here. Uh, it was very tough last start over the extended staying trip, but I've freshened up a bit. Dropping back in trip, always a winner. And I think it'll be ra- really tough to beat as well. That's race six, number two, always a winner. And then in the lucky last race on the card is a... A horse that we we had a little bit of success with at times uh, when we were doing uh, our Wednesday nights, uh, a Gregorian Chant, race eight, number one. Uh, a, a veteran mare, she's a, a six-year-old now, certainly not getting any younger, but on her best form, she is probably the best horse on this entire, at this entire meeting, in my opinion. And if she, she brings anything like her best form, she'll be too good for this field at Devonport on Sunday. The only knock is she's never won at Devonport. But she's been thereabouts on a number of occasions. So I think this is her best opportunity to finally get that first race win at Devoncourt on the board this Sunday. That's race eight, number one, Gregorian Chance. Tommy, Matt Reid, was, uh, he was with you with um, uh, race four, number one, Spirit of Toph. What about uh, his value runner, race seven, number seven, Fighting, fighting Phoenix? Uh, what, what, can, what Can we get a bit of value there with that horse? Yeah, interesting runner, Fighting Phoenix. It's definitely a horse I would consider a, a Devonport specialist. And we do see horses in Tasmania. They do often save their best form for the synthetic at Devonport. So her best form, she's only had four race wins, but all four of them have been at Devonport. She's four from 10 at Devonport. She's two from three at this track and distance. So I think Matty's uh, found uh, that's a really good value bet because she definitely produces her best form at, at this track and distance. And if you look at that race, it's... Uh, it's a fairly interesting affair. Gigi Plains, the last start winner, and another horse that does have a good record at the track. I think he's definitely the, the main danger there, but it's not a race with a huge amount of depth. So Fighting Phoenix is definitely right in that race, but for me in that race, Gigi Plains is the uh, the key danger. And what about Gary White's got, uh, he's got a couple of nice chances, but in race one, uh, this horse I'm Crupt uh, is first up. He was giving it a hope. Yeah, really small field here in the first race, but I'm Crupt up. Uh, went into uh, its last race of, the, of its last campaign with a pretty impressive win. Showed good toughness to get the job done here. And it does look like a progressive type. Uh, it's a pretty interesting race. Only seven runners, but there's a few last start winners in the field. Uh, $2 Tom is a, a gelding, I think, has got a, a fair bit of ability as well. So I'm, I'm crafty. 1,000 metres, uh, I'm not quite sure. It's probably my only real concern, but I think it's definitely right in the race. But it's a race I've been keeping an eye out for. This race one at Devonport on Sunday. I think it'll be a fairly strong form reference going forward. So uh, I, I, I can see why they've, I'm crafty. Uh, definitely right there in the market, but I've personally got $2 Tom there. Just I think he's just on top. He's just slightly better suited to that 
short course sprinting trip. Good meeting at uh, Devonport on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it'll be uh, well supported for sure and uh, good to catch up with those guys uh, early on. Anything else for us, Tommy, over the weekend? We better have a look at this Australasian Oaks, Sammy. Uh, a really good race, Group 1 racing uh, in the Adelaide Autumn Racing Carnival. No Tasmanian horse this year. Unfortunately, last year we had... Uh, Ella go around the race with a, a genuine hope, but no Tasmanian racing and interest this year. But my wisp is really interesting story because she could de- deliver Jamie Carr her first Group One win in Adelaide. She's won Group Ones right around the country. Jamie Carr, she's never won one in her home state. So my wisp has been four forty into three dollars eighty with Ludbrokes to to get the job done. Daisy's on the second line of betting at nine dollars. The horse I like here to price dummy. I'm not a big each way punter, but I think Bonza Pearl is a really good each way bet here. 9.50 the win, 3.30 the play. She doesn't run a bad race, this horse. Was third behind Hitotsu in the Australian Guineas, second in the Alexandra Stakes, second behind My Whisper in the Aurora Stakes. She's super consistent, this filly. I think the step up to 2,000 metres suits. She must have got a dream run in transit from Barrier 5 with Jack Hill in the saddle. I think at 9.50 the win, 3.30 the play. She's my best each way bet anywhere in the country tomorrow. Tommy, I heard you on Patton Heels this morning, and, uh, yeah, you uh, are ready for a big weekend. Oh, absolutely, Sammy. So much sport, so much racing. And uh, as Queensland is really excited about this uh, Brisbane winner racing carnival, Rothfire back in action in the victory stakes. We hope he wins for Queensland racing. He's been really well back as well, Rothfire. 280 into 225. Ladbrokes Pun is very confident he's going to make a winning return to the races in the victory stakes and head towards the Group 1 Doom in 10,000 in uh, ready to win. Yeah, it looks a good race, that race, doesn't it? What price... Is that Star Tante's race in that race? Is it? Is it Star Tante's is there, $9.50. I think Star Tante's on track for the Stradbroke Handicap. I think she might just find a couple of these a bit too sharp for her over 1,200 metres, but she's a really talented filly. I think she's going to be right in the mix there in a Stradbroke Handicap, potentially even a Kingsford Smith Cup as well. And she could end up in a Tatsiara. So, so many options for her in the victor, uh, in the Queensland Winter Racing Carnival. I think a horse that can run a race at a price, Jamea. $21 to win, $5 to play. She's going to get a long way back. There's no doubt she'll be giving them a fair start. And she, Rothfire might prove too tough, tough to catch. But if Rothfire falls in a bit of a hole, like we know he can too, Jamea does have a serious turn of foot and she'll be storming home late. And at $21 to win, $5 to play. That does appeal to me from a value betting proposition. Good on you, Tommy. Best of luck for the weekend. Thanks, Tommy. Good luck, punters. There is Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes. Okay, that is the end of Taz Racing Hour. We'll be back on the other side of this. Cam, Luke and I ready to find winners on Trackside.